50. That's how many serial killers are active in the United States on average. A serial killer is defined as a person who commits three or more murders over the duration of about a month, and each crime must be a separate event. The heyday of a serial killer was undoubtedly between the 1950s and the 1980s before society made technological breakthroughs that would make this act much more difficult to get away with. So how do these monsters get away with their crimes for so long today? It takes time for police to recognize a pattern in homicides, and typically when the act occurs, it's committed by someone the victim knows or is close with. True serial killers create victims out of someone they have no affiliation with. And when the act is committed against someone the killer has no connection with, well, you solve that riddle. You'll find that it's harder than you think. Here are their stories. Serial killer. I know this is a popular case that has been covered extensively, but that doesn't mean people should stop digging into the details. So let's go back to Shannon Gilbert. Shannon was one of many victims of the Long Island killer. She disappeared in Oak Beach, Long Island on May 1st, 2010. The last time any human heard from Shannon was through a call to the police. She called 911 at 4.51 a.m. in a panicked state, asking for help. She was an online escort who had recently left the home in a gated community of one of her clients. When she called authorities, she frantically said, There is somebody after me, and they are trying to kill me. Shannon's body and possessions were recovered a year and a half later in December 2011. But this doesn't begin the body count of the Long Island serial killer. The first presumed victim would be found on April 20th, 1996. The victim is still referred to as the Fire Island Jane Doe. Authorities were only able to recover partial remains, and unbeknownst to the police, this would be the homicide that kickstarts a serial killer who has yet to be caught even 28 years later. The second victim was found in June 28th, 1997. She was dubbed Peaches, or Jane Doe number 3. Again, police could only recover partial remains. The two Jane Doe's were found about 38 miles apart and roughly the same time of year, just one year apart, which is what groups these women into the Long Island serial killer's list of victims. Throughout the next 10 years, police would find seven more victims, including Shannon Gilbert. Valerie Mack was last seen in the summer of the year 2000, and her partial remains were discovered just a few months later in November. Jessica Taylor was last seen in July 2003, and her partial remains were discovered just a couple of weeks later. July 9th, 2007, Maureen Brainard Barnes disappears, and her partial remains were not discovered for three years. On July 10th, 2009, Melissa Bartholomew was last seen. Throughout the next month, Melissa's sister, Amanda Bartholomew, received many phone calls from a man using Melissa's cell phone. He would taunt and mock Melissa and her family. Eventually, he informed Amanda that her sister was dead. Many believe that this was the Long Island serial killer. In 2010, Shannon Gilbert makes her panicked 911 call, bangs on multiple neighbors' doors, and eventually goes missing. And then on April 4th, 
the rest of Valerie Mack's remains were discovered along with Baby Doe, who through forensics was identified as Peaches's 24-month-old daughter. They also found the further remains of Peaches, the further remains of Fire Island Jane Doe, and an additional victim labeled as John Doe. Near the end of that December, police then find the rest of Shannon Gilbert's remains. The latest discoveries happened in May of 2020. This is when authorities, through forensics, identified Valerie Mack, who was listed as a Jane Doe for 20 years. There were five additional victims that are considered possible or potential victims of the Long Island serial killer. A large percentage of the victims were escorts, and the killer had a pattern of leaving partial remains in multiple different areas, likely to make investigation more difficult. The killer also wrapped his victims in burlap sacks before disposing of the remains. There is also speculation that he or she is familiar or part of law enforcement due to avoiding detection for so many years. There were multiple persons of interest in this case. John Betroff was named a suspect because he had murdered two escorts, potentially a third. One of the victims Betroff was convicted of murdering was Rita Tangredi. Rita's daughter was best friends with Melissa Barthelmy, who as mentioned prior, was a victim of the Long Island serial killer. Betroff also lived only three miles from where Jessica Taylor and Valerie Max remains were discovered. James Bissett was suspected to be the Long Island serial killer as well, due to being an owner of a company that specialized in supplying burlap sacks to the immediate area where a large percentage of the bodies were found. Among all of the suspects, James Burke was the most interesting due to his role on the police force. He used his position to block an FBI probe of the Long Island serial killer case when he held the title of Suffolk's County Police Chief. An attorney for Shannon Gilbert's family also reported that an escort has stated she suspected Burke of being the Long Island serial killer. She claimed to have attended a party on April 2011 at Oak Beach and had seen Burke drag a woman of Asian descent by her hair to the ground. Joseph Brewer and Peter Hackett were also named suspects in the Long Island serial killer case, but were ultimately declared innocent. As of today, the new police commissioner of New Suffolk County, coupled with the new district attorney, have vowed to find a true identity of the Long Island serial killer, but have yet to release updates on the case. The Chicago Strangler The Chicago Strangler may have the highest body count of any active serial killer today. Between the years 2000 and 2018, 75 women have been strangled to death in the Chicago area. Most of the victims were found dumped in alleyways or abandoned buildings and were predominantly black between the ages of 16 and 58. About half were likely sex workers and the majority were found in Washington Park in Chicago's South Side and in Garfield Park in Western Chicago, both of which have a very high crime rate. Due to the crime rate being so high, the killings were never really portrayed in the media. It wasn't until authorities connected with MAP, the Murder Accountability Project, in 2018 and used the algorithm to connect the cases to show a pattern of an active serial killer. MAP sorts unsolved homicides by location, victim demographic, the method of killing, and searches for local clusters associated with low murder clearance rate which can paint the likelihood that the authorities are indeed dealing with a serial killer. The first six victims were discovered in 2001 in abandoned buildings, empty lots, and alleyways. 
all six were strangled and were found roughly two months apart. An almost mirrored series of strangulations were found just the next year in 2002. All six women were killed in the same manner and found in similar locations. Over the next 12 years, 34 more victims were found strangled. Some suffered far worse injuries, which indicated the suspect's method of killing was getting worse. After Velma Howard was discovered in February of 2014, the killing stopped for three years. In 2017, two more victims were found, and in 2018, another four were found, strangled, and dumped in similar locations. The killer's patterns were very consistent through the 2000s and 2010s, up until the three-year period of radio silence. Authorities believed the suspect had potentially been arrested and served a three-year sentence, which could explain the absence. This also led police to believe they were dealing with just one killer, despite the mass belief of multiple killers. Throughout this horrific killing spree spanning two decades, multiple witnesses have given reports. With their reports, the CPD have a profile of three different serial killers, not just one. And since most of the discoveries provide a very clear geographic pattern from South to North Chicago, indicate the killer or killers may be mobile with a very thorough understanding of the Chicago area, possibly truck or taxi drivers. No one has been named a suspect in the Chicago Strangler case due to authorities not seeing a pattern until the Murder Accountability Project developed one in late 2018. West Mesa Bone Collector Albuquerque, New Mexico has recently become one of the most dangerous metro areas to live in. Just in 2020 alone, the violent crimes increased by 29%. Although the crime rate has increased in recent years, Albuquerque's true terror was discovered in 2009. Christine Ross was out walking with her dog Ruka when Ruka found a human femur. Not knowing if the bone was indeed human, she took a photo of it and sent it to her sister, who was a registered nurse, who confirmed that it was a human femur. She immediately reported it to the police, who had no idea this would be the start of the most disturbing case Albuquerque had ever seen. 11 bodies in total were found. Jamie Barella, Minika Candelaria, Victoria Chavez, Virginia Cloven, Solania Edwards, Cinnamon Elks, Doreen Marquez, Julie Nieto, Veronica Romero, Evelyn Salazar, and Michelle Valdez. All were female and all but one were sex workers. The women ranged from ages 15 to 32 and were reported missing from 2001 to 2005. According to satellite photos, authorities were able to obtain the last victim had been buried in 2005. Ten of the women were of Hispanic descent and one was African-American, Solania Edwards, a 15-year-old runaway from Lawton, Oklahoma, who was the only victim from out of state. Due to the terrible state of the remains, it took investigators upwards of a year to identify all 11 women. Authorities had put in great efforts to interview over 200 street workers, speak to the family of the deceased to put together a pattern and motive. This coupled with investigative work done by Detective Ida Lopez in 2005, who at the time was keeping logs of women tied to drugs and prostitution going missing in the Albuquerque area. Police were able to determine they were dealing with a serial killer. In 2008, a development by KB Homes was underway and would have covered the site of the remains if it weren't for the housing market crash, which would allow for the human femur to be discovered. More than 1,184 tips have been documented since the discovery, but police still have yet to arrest a suspect for the murders. 
Lorenzo Montoya was a primary suspect. He lived less than three miles from the burial site, and in 2006, a tip from a citizen stated there were profound dirt trails leading from his trailer park site to where the bodies were discovered. In 2006, he had strangled a teenager in his trailer and was then shot and killed by the teen's boyfriend. After his death, the killings stopped. In 2014, police had a breakthrough in the case and named their lead suspect, Joseph Blee, as a high probability of being the West Mesa bone collector. Blee had a history of breaking into homes and assaulting girls from ages 13 to 15 years old. He was also a suspect of killing a sex worker in 2015. His DNA was found on the inner waistband and belt of the women, which would ultimately land him a 36-year charge, of which he started serving in June of 2015, at the age of 58. Police also found a tree tag from a nursery at the burial site of the West Mesa Bone Collector, which belonged to a nursery Blee frequented often at the time when the women were reported missing. As of February 2nd, 2022, the cases remain open and are actively being worked on by authorities. There is a $100,000 reward for information leading to the capture of the West Mesa Bone Collector. And in June of 2020, the city opened a park at the burial site, memorializing the victims of the murders. Are these serial killers still roaming free today? There's speculation that the killers are long dead or have been sentenced to life behind bars for other crimes which have stopped killings. Others believe these monsters are alive and well, continuing their terror on the world. Either way, the only thing that will help solve these cases and provide justice to the victims and their families is through the community's help. If you or someone you know has any information that may help shed much needed light on such dark cases, the information for each tip line is in the description below.